Hello and welcome to the Artist Contemporary Podcast, the podcast that champions contemporary artists, curators and galleries. Listen each week to hear me, Anna Woodward, speak to a different person about their experiences, their practice and what they're currently up to within the contemporary arts. Hi, welcome to the Ask Contemporary podcast. Today I'm joined by Daisy Dove Noble, who is a painter and she has recently been exhibited in those Paris galleries back-to-back exhibition. So Daisy, how would you describe your practice? Hi, um, I would um, say it's a surrealist contemporary. Um, yeah. Um, so what do you think are the biggest influences on your practice? Um, so uh, most of the inspiration for the work comes from nature, um, particularly trees. So um, often if I see a tree, that will be kind of the inspiration for a new painting. Um, and um, yeah, also sunsets as well. Yeah. Do you find that you often work from memory when creating your work? Um, so I will, um, so I'll, I'll kind of like write, make notes if I see kind of a landscape that I want to work from. I'll often kind of describe the tree. If I don't have a sketchbook, then I'll mm. kind of write a description of, um, you know, the, the tree and like kind of how it looked and then use that kind of as a starting point for a painting and the rest will be from imagination or you know things that I've done before in previous paintings yeah do you find that you quite often will kind of repeat certain imagery across different works and I know obviously a lot of your works do have kind of a tree in and I often see them as kind of like anchors to the landscape yeah yeah exactly so I will um yeah I'll often like recycle kind of if there's a tree that yeah it'll it'll often be kind of they they kind of almost I think of them as like characters on a stage so Mm. they'll kind of be placed you know like center or you know in the in the distance or at the side and yeah if I if there's one that I and the kind of um, sort of uh, symbols of trees rather than trees themselves. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if there's one that I've used and I like, then I'll I'll keep using it. Definitely. And because I see a lot of your mark making is quite, I don't really know the right word, but it's quite soft. Mm. And like the edges are soft. Is there a reason behind that? Or is it just kind of you got into just painting in this certain style yeah I don't really know I think it's um uh kind of I don't know really I kind of do a lot of work with pen like I'll start with pen and then kind of once I've drawn the outline of the tree I just end up filling it in in this kind of really defined way but it's not really a it's not really a kind of conscious choice. It's just kind of how it turns out. And with, I'd say you have quite a distinctive contemporary colour palette. Like there's quite often lots of pinks and yellows and blues, which in the way you apply them 
I often mm. think when you're looking at your paintings, it's almost like you're looking through rose-tinted glasses back on memories. Mm. And the way that like your memory will remember a landscape. Um, what would you say informs your use of colour? Um, yeah, well, I think that it started with just, I have kind of a bit of an impulse to just use bright colours and particularly pink so mm. I kind of you know got really excited in art school with all the quinacridone and these kind of um and like purple and stuff so yeah so preference I guess and then um more as the work has developed I've kind of tried to really get into the, the relationships between the colors that exist in sunset so you know, you might have kind of like, you know, the on the cloud, you'll get a sort of more saturate version of the light and the dark that are in the sky and, and, and the sun. Um, or, you know, there's often like a kind of purpley colour towards the horizon. So, um, you know, now as the work develops, the colour references are from life and from sunsets but they're kind of exaggerated and then I'll look at other artists who I think have a good understand like who whose use of colour I really like so Lisa Scavage I think is really interesting and she's kind of you can tell that she she almost uses like humour in the way that she's using colour because she kind of she'll sort of over exaggerate something or like she'll have a, a, a painting that's like really sort of dull and then like the glass of wine red wine will be kind of really saturate and so you can kind of use it to emphasize different things but yeah I'd say normally with my color I'm just trying to exercise restraint and not use too much bright color yeah but I think you you hit this perfect balance and um your paintings to look at are very calm and you kind of I think you also really capture that feeling of when you're looking Mm -hmm. and the stillness and that of looking at a landscape and a sunset and just that feeling that it's just you mm. looking at it and connecting with it. I think you really capture that feeling in your paintings. Mm. And I think it's probably furthered through the kind of control and understanding of colours and what colours to bring together mm. you use. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, like, for me, it's definitely that kind of feeling of peace that you get, like, you know in a landscape that I wanted to that I'm interested in and um you know in the way that yeah I guess as you said the trees are kind of like anchors in that space um but yeah I definitely think my understanding of color is sort of coming on more and more it's it's what I focus on the most in terms of like trying to push the work further is kind of getting to know and there's I mean it's just so infinite every single different pigment has like its own kind of different properties and um you know and then the paint is obviously transparent so then you have to deal with that and yeah it just seems to be like unlimited what you can know about use of color so I'm kind of fascinated by it yeah I think also you can see Obviously, I spent a lot of time with your work recently at Back to Back. Yeah. When you've kind of been yeah. working through different colour theories and different colour combinations in your mm. work. So I think 
when I think of a lot of the smaller ones, the smaller works, I think of them being more kind of on the pastel with lots of greens with subtleties of pink mm. running through. Whereas some of your more larger scale works, the colours are a lot darker and a lot more intense. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, it's actually often because with the with the larger work, I almost kind of you plan it. I plan it more and there's kind of more, you know, you, you're working so big that in order to kind of create that depth within the tonal structure, you kind of have to put more paint on the canvas. So you get kind of more variation in the in the darks and the lights. Whereas when you're working small, it's kind of, there's less contrast, I guess. Well, for me, there is. Um, but yeah. Which, do you have a scale that you prefer or are you kind of happy working across both? Mm, I really, I like both. I think it's really, it's been really interesting for the Columbia show because the, um, because the panels in the room are were portrait I hadn't really done that much that many portrait works it was kind of always landscape which just kind of follows from you know makes sense that you're doing a landscape you'd kind of focus on landscape canvases but you know that pushed me to do because the panels above the um in the room are portrait I did kind of six big portrait pieces and that was interesting because they like the kind of the trees do read more like people in those because they're kind of mm. upright and they're about the paintings are about six foot so they kind of yeah then they're at eye level so it kind of is almost more um confrontational the trees I guess <laughs> yeah definitely and what's your process in making a painting and like how do you form your composition that you see in your works so yeah I think it's just this sort of kind of um often it will be a drawing I'll start with a drawing but you know it's kind of in you know having these there's like you have the vertical planes of the trees right and then the horizontal planes of the landscape so kind of having the and then clouds and strips of color in the sunset so it's kind of having those like intersect in different interesting ways um that kind of and often I'll fill the space in a way that try and fill the space in a way that kind of you know feels um like a kind of classical composition um and yeah that's about it yeah were you often will you kind of work through in sketchbooks and stuff until you find it or you kind of go straight onto the canvas and just play around from that oh no I'll do yeah sketchbook lots of different kind of lots of different versions just um never really erasing them just you know mm. I'll try one and if it doesn't work then I'll I, there might be part of it that works then I'll go on to the next page like try it again um and yeah but I never kind of I'll do like a bit if I'm using pencil I might erase a little bit but generally the most interesting ones for me are when I've just kind of drawn it really quickly yeah and will you kind of use that same process for working out the color the colors in the image uh no so the yeah the colors and the and the drawing composition is so t totally separate um unless uh sometimes if there's water then I'll know that I'm going to do like a reflection of the sky so then I might have a more interesting sky or but generally like the colors will be 
yeah I, I kind of try and I try try to try something new with the colors um on each painting yeah um but yeah often if I start again it's because I've decided I didn't like the color <laughs> do you ever get that you'll be halfway through a painting and you're just like this isn't this isn't yeah me. always uh, off well not always but often um, and that's always when I'm not happy with the colour or it doesn't make sense. And uh, and actually, a lot of that's been when, because if, if I work too too late into the evening, you can't really see that well. And then the colours mm. will end up being really muddy. So um, that's why I've been trying not to, um, not to work too late. Yeah. And I guess also, so you've kind of, throughout lockdown, you're working this most amazing... Um, kind of semi-derelict apartment in Kensington and I can just imagine the sunsets looking over the square it must have been amazing yeah in this view of London the colours no it was really it was really nice but again like yeah it was you kind of think that it's light and the sun in the room and you kind of keep working and then you go back in the next morning and you're like oh this looks muddy <laughs> um yeah. so yeah where I'm working now is much better um in the countryside yeah do you find because you work in oils do you find that you have to kind of give a lot of time between your layers to kind of keep the richness of the color yeah for sure I mean you need at least if you're working on a white ground you need at least kind of two three la layers to make it look so that you know well unless that's the look that you're going through but if I only use one mm. layer it kind of is uh you can see the brush marks and therefore there's not that kind of piece I guess because you know it's kind of hectic um yeah. and then as you build up the layers you might get a more consistent color yeah definitely and in the apartment Am I right to thinking that there wasn't, you didn't actually have, you only had a natural light source, didn't you? I ha I bought two photography lights, but I mean, I think there's just no, I think there's just no match for natural light. Yeah. Um, and uh. obviously with the days getting longer, it's like a massive um, kind of advantage. Because when I was preparing for the Columbia show, I mean, like there was maybe like, depths of winter yeah it was like three hours of light so um or not three hours of light but you know it kind of good light good painting good light. painting light yeah it was like really short kind of time frame and now you've got the complete opposite of being in a now conservatory, in a conservatory <laughs> so it's very nice <laughs> do you ever see a difference in your work and kind of color palette when you create work when you're in the countryside and more kind of immersed in your subject matter um yeah I would like to yesterday I went for a walk at sunset and it's sort of was really nice because there's like there was like this kind of pinky purpley thing and I'll use that for another painting because I kind of run out of color inspiration whereas like the trees it's like a massive back well not I don't run out of color inspiration but I kind of it's hard to think of new ones that that mm. actually would exist in nature Whereas the trees, like I have a backlog of all these trees that I've seen. So <laughs> I um, I have like a lot of the ones, I went to Italy last summer. So a lot of those have been, a lot of the works, like the ones that we, that were in back to back was like the same tree from Italy or like the same type of tree. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I will have loads, like I've started doing drawings of trees that I've seen out here, but by the time that I actually get to putting them in a painting will probably be like, you know, in a while because I've yeah. got a backlog. <laughs> I guess that's quite in, quite an interesting way of working because you are obviously referencing nature so much, but you do have this kind of abstract surrealist quality. Yeah to forms and the paintings that it's quite interesting that you'll actually from when seeing a paint a tree or a sunset it may not actually make uh, I can't speak it may not make its way into a painting for like four to six months yeah that's so that's interesting I'd never thought about that if you think about like Van Gogh or something he'd be like Mm. in nature like trying to kind of put it onto the canvas like at that moment I feel yeah whereas I'm like get in line (laughs) (laughs) but I guess that's when the trees probably it probably helps your process in kind of pushing the kind of creativity in your imagination around the tree and like the change like changing and altering a form so they're obviously still realistic but there is this kind of the smoothness and yeah it's yeah and it's yeah they are kind of more like symbols than the natural kind of mm. sort of you know like obviously I don't think that the trees look like that but it's more kind of a reference to the way that they're communicating with each other or connected to each other or connected to us or whatever um and yeah I think that the tree kind of doesn't yeah it acts almost as a kind of yeah a symbol for something something else that I'm trying to say that I can't put into words rather than you know an actual kind of literal interpretation of yeah a landscape definitely and so we mentioned before but you've recently been exhibited in those Paris galleries third installment Mm -hmm. of back to back Mm -hmm. alongside George Wilson how do you think your work and George's kind of interacts and responds to one another so first of all I love George's work I'm so excited I've got one of those which I'm really just the one you have is absolutely so excited. It's like one of my first first pieces, but um, yeah. Uh, so I really like. Yeah, I guess I'm interested in the way that trees are kind of connected to the earth, and like how that sort of relates to how I guess we are connected to the earth, which obviously kind mm. of you know maybe we're not because we're moving around or whatever. Um, but I think that you can kind of work on that and feel more grounded and what I find interesting about George's work is kind of the complexity of like her character's relationship with the ground you know because they're not they're not like standing but they're not like floating they're kind of existing you know in this sort of there just seems to be almost a tension between how they yeah how they kind of are on on the ground and so I think that's really interesting contrast with like the work that I put in the show which is like the trees are kind of just stuck (laughs) whereas her characters are just in this kind of really hectic you know energetic space um yeah so I think that that's what I really like about her work. Mm. I think also with putting your work together, I think the way that she kind of has made the goblins into more three-dimensional beings through the cutout canvases, Mm. 
um I like the way that you could I think when you walk around the exhibition it could be that that her goblins could exist in your landscape yeah for sure and I yeah yeah I mean that would be cool (laughs) yeah it's it's weird like yeah honestly when I've done tried to do characters in contrast to the trees they're like that they're like it's this really hectic experience they're kind of floating they're Mm. kind of you know it's the trees that are sort of the still ones that are you know more at peace I think yeah and like because I find with um George's work they kind of in a way they sit quite awkwardly Mm. with our own reality Mm. and the way that she does it that they they are meant to be living in our Mm. world but when you see them in paintings I kind of found that with um the third installment back to back we were kind of playing with this kind of awkwardness of having these kind of we understand the landscape and we relate to it and we can see it and we can feel like the emotion of what it's like to look at a land and open plains like that but it's not it's not literally a landscape right you're not being like I need to paint every pane of grass and I think with her as well she's playing around with these whole kind of subculture of animals yeah but they're almost being like but they're meant to live in our world and this I think you both kind of came together and created this real like balance and kind of like a very fine line between reality and fantasy Mm. and where does it sit yeah yeah I mean her characters they kind of they seem really happy like they seem to be kind of celebrating Mm. like they're not I mean when you first look at it it's like there's a drama but it's they still seem sort of peaceful in a way I think yeah and there's like a real playfulness I think with your color palette and like the calmness but also I think your color palette also has a playfulness Mm. to it with the pinks and Mm. the yellows and it's not no it's it's not literal Mm. it's got that kind of yeah for sure imagination and rose tinted kind of looking back memory Mm. feel to it sure which is I think why your work really came together in such a fun yeah. way. Or working back to back, would you say that you kind of made it in one whole series of work or would you say it's kind of a collection of different series together? Yeah, it was actually, because, yeah, it was actually a load of different work that I had um, kind of, because, well, the space ended up being like a lot bigger. Initially, I thought we were just going to use kind of two of the rooms. And um, when we used all all of the rooms, it was kind of more. So I had a lot of work that I'd worked with lockdown and then kind of added a few. But I think they were still all created in lockdown one. (laughs) Yeah, I think they all were. But But I hadn't kind of had a thought of how the work would work together in, in the format of a show for example yeah and um, did you find that your kind of practice and anything changed in your process during the lockdowns um not really like lockdown one I started working at, at I kind of stayed with my parents during that time so and I wasn't going to the studio. Um, so I ended up just kind of working on the floor. So a lot of the work was smaller. Um, 
but yeah, I didn't kind of use COVID as an inspiration, no. <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and so you've also recently had a solo exhibition with Roman Rhodes at the Columbia mm-hmm. Hotel. And like you were saying earlier, here you made kind of big vertical paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the kind of ethos and thought process behind the exhibition and behind the series of works? So, um, actually, the work was based on. I had um, Anna Sota, who is a writer who kind of had worked with Marissa at Roman Road before. She'd kind of and uh, come and done an interview um, or like I just came to the came for a studio visit and asked me a bunch of questions and she was really fascinating asked me a bunch of questions that I'd, I'd kind of never even really considered like she and she she's a writer and she I think she writes magical realism or reads a lot of magical realism but oh wow but kind of and yeah I think that she was writing magical realism piece and was sort of interested in the way that people connect with trees and so when she came to the studio she was kind of asking questions that I hadn't considered before like one of the questions she asked was you know how do you think that um we're more likely to connect with a tree like in an urban area so you know often if you're out in a forest like you kind of see the trees as like one mass but when when you're in an urban center you might kind of you know always pass like a tree outside your house or like at the corner of the park and she was kind of saying like you know how how does how does that kind of connection how do we form connections with trees and I hadn't really thought about it like that but yeah I mean I guess you know with the paintings being yeah it was kind of about like connection between a person and a tree in a way and then you know that was kind of helped by the the fact that they're upright and and they kind of you know you look like the trees are about human height but we didn't really think of um we didn't really think of a name for the show before and kind of try and work towards an idea it was just kind of based on that essay really mm. And how, did you kind of spend a lot of time in the? Because I'm right thinking I saw the Alexander James show. That it's the old ballroom. Right? I don't know because the, the space is so enormous. Like I went there the other day, mm. and like there was another ballroom that that Josh is renovating, and it's sort of like the size of all the different rooms together. I mean, it's just such an oh, enormous wow. hotel. Um, so. Yeah. I don't know I mean it's it's kind of it's where the DJ is you come in the reception and then there's like a big room that they've got a DJ at one side it's I think it's like a lounge room it's like where the drinks are and then were you in that room where Yulia yeah had yeah yeah yeah. oh I thought you were in the room with the mirrors I I don't think I've even been in the room with the mirrors that's why yeah I think he was in a different room Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean that room's so cool, and I think it's such a cool space. And I think what Marissa's doing with the whole idea of like taking a hotel. Yeah, I mean I'm so excited. Like the 
just the idea of this kind of hotel full of like creatives There's, they've still got all the artists spaces in the basement and stuff like yeah I think it'll just be <laughs> he's picked up wait one minute what's he picked up I don't know <laughs> um yeah um yeah all the artists stay in these places because they've got the studios, got the studios in the basement and they've got like rooms upstairs which are kind of for, for for photo shoots and such like and and then and then also for little parties they've got a massive party like you could have like a rave in upstairs and um yeah yeah they've just got so much stuff there so I think that kind of lends itself to creativity just like having loads of space to do stuff mm. and it's still an open hotel isn't it yeah well I mean can you no, say that no no but because of, of lockdown COVID. but it you know it yeah the idea is that it will be an open hotel and I think it never has closed I mean he's Josh is relaunching it um or rebranding it or something but I think it's always been a functioning hotel throughout but it was much it was very trendy back in you know whenever I don't know yeah hopefully it will be again yeah because I went to what was it was it fight or flight Fight or flight, yeah, 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 the show. That was yeah, cool. and that's where I first saw your really? work in that exhibition, and that's when I first kind of heard of Roman Rhodes and what Marissa was yeah. doing, and that was, yeah. I mean, such an amazing list of artists in this really kind of quirky basement, yeah. old kind of kitchen vibe. Yeah, space. exactly. They've got so many different vibes there. I mean, that yeah, that was cool. That must have been right before lockdown. It was September time. Oh, September. I went to September that one. 2019. 2020. 2020. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we've had two more lockdowns. Yeah, yeah. That's when it's crazy. I just feel like this year, like you just lose track of time and when things happen. Oh, yeah. Because I'm so confused. Especially now. I mean, we're back to a. Full I know. Year. I'm like, I've been in lockdown. I'm like, like I think it was like yeah I don't know we're just we're getting all the locked inside (laughs) (laughs) we really are but at least we're making amazing paintings and still kind of being able to be in the countryside and see the trees and see the beautiful sunsets it's it's been amazing I'm really um yeah lucky to be able to to paint and stuff um yeah I mean my sister's a musician and she's She's a DJ and I mean mm. you can't like DJ for people during lockdown. So yeah. in that sense I feel very lucky because yeah, it's it's been a different experience for for everyone, I guess. Like and depending on what you do, it's like been affected totally differently. Yeah, definitely. I think that's where also obviously it's been an awful time for so many people, but artists are lucky in the fact that they're creatives, but art even if you don't think it is a commodity and is a sellable mm. thing that you can sell without having an exhibition and without being dependent on galleries and even like online stuff can still happen it still has an audience whereas kind of the music industry dance performance yeah. is so much harder to engage as much as hard as you try it like totally how many people are going to buy online tickets to an online totally and, and like you know sort of people in choirs and you know orchestras and kind of music where you rely on the collective 
it's just terrible and um and uh yeah i guess with the art and kind of weirdly with art the i almost think it's pushed more innovation online and these digital spaces and you know i mean i don't know if that nfts were inevitable probably but now there'll be a lot yeah. more a lot more reason to I stay in the digital be... realm yeah i think it's gonna be so interesting post lockdown when we all come out and we can go to physical exhibitions see physical yeah. art and even like new, people who are new to collecting art who may kind of be more into um I always get them wrong what are they called NFTs, NFTs yeah I've yeah I always think they're called like FTAs <laughs> for some reason I think I'm getting like the financial yeah. thingy <laughs> mixed up with it but I yeah. think yeah it's going to be interesting because I find them like a weird concept that you're investing into something totally that you can't weird. physically have and like maybe it's for me being an artist that I love the physicality of artwork and collecting artwork that I can look yeah. at every day and see the artist's touch and really engage with it rather than just having the rights to own I know it's it. weird it'll be really interesting to see what happens it's like fascinating for sure but yeah I mean I'm the same I like you know physical paintings and yeah I find it really peaceful kind of going and seeing art in a physical space and galleries but I don't think that will go away yeah I think it would just kind of I think the art world and the art market will be fine because I think when you do look on that kind of like deeper level of collecting and why you're collecting and like the ethos of it behind it so many people are like you've got to buy it because you love it not not because the longevity of how much you're making mm. a return sale totally I mean I think yeah some people I mean ideally you want both right like if you can buy something that you can live with and it makes you feel happy and and it's also you know gaining value then that's I mean how great mm. is that rather than like putting your money in you know some I don't know fund that's investing in oil and gas or like whatever it is like you know I think yeah. that it's the, the idea that you could sort of be yeah I don't know like kind of enjoying something at the same time as it you know being a safe place to put money or whatever then you know that's that's cool but yeah I mean I don't know maybe some people get digital like enjoyment from digital assets as well I don't really understand it but like yeah. you're like buying an nft asset for a video game maybe it's you know bringing you a lot of joy also yeah I guess it's just it's different interests and I think maybe it's visual yeah. artists who make physical paintings it's kind of hard a hard concept to understand yeah. and get behind because it's kind of going against everything yeah, no that you do as a painter but I also don't want to hate on it because I'm like you know part of me always thinks that like the world is going to end and and you know maybe the digital or something something you know there's gonna be some massive shake-up or whatever and like you know the the idea of having something digitally recorded seems very I don't know I just I feel like there's someone who knows what they're doing (laughs) that's like managing the whole thing and it's not me but it's crazy when you look like some people when they invested really early on how much money it's crazy and also people have apparently you know like people made a lot from bitcoin and and you know then they have decided to keep that money in bitcoin right so they have Mm. 
did you, they have um, capital in the digital space? So then if they can use that to trade, you know, other things besides just like having Bitcoin, um, then cool. And also like Bitcoin, I think is really, it's really, it's actually, I didn't realize it's actually quite bad for the environment because these like computer centers are just like mining and like burning gas. Yeah. It's all very, all very complicated. It's it's also complicated. I also feel like I do live in la la land with everything, with all like technology stuff. Yeah, I mean, obviously I live in la la land. (laughs) Cryptocurrencies. I just, I just don't. I don't know, yeah, I'm just happy painting. Definitely, <laughs> like, I think it's just, you know, it lends itself to being present and, you know, mm. enjoying the environment and everything around you in the physical realm, I think. I'm not, yeah, I'm not about to make the sure. switch. <laughs> no. Yeah, Daisy Dot, people, Bitcoin yeah. trader. I mean, like, if you look at someone <laughs> like Hockney or, like, there are artists who always were you know, physical painters, and then didn't he make the switch to, to, to digital painting at the end of his career? Yeah, so he, st- he does iPad drawings. Yeah, he did his iPad drawings. And he, yeah, and he does um, the films and stuff. Like, I went to his exhibition at the Tate, I think it was in, like, 26, yeah. 2016, 2017, and there's this whole room of, like, videos of, I think it was, like, him driving down country lanes yeah. in France, wow. and it was just, like, as if you're in the front seat wow. just looking at the windscreen which is so different to his kind of classic like 60s totally LA I mean I never really understood video art and then I went to see this I saw this one piece called Nightlife by Cyprian Gall- Galliard or something I don't know if you've seen it but it's like they've obviously got one of those really expensive camera lenses which slows down all the frames and there's like these trees like dancing mm. in the wind and he's put it to this like music oh, wow. and like that was the first time that I'd really been moved by video art and I was just like was that shown at the barbican um I saw it at it might have been I saw it at uh, Louis Vuitton foundation in Paris but it might have been showed at the bar- Barbican, that sounds like... But anyway... Oh, no. Oh, you're thinking of the Trees exhibition. Yeah. Yes, Again, that's really moving. Um, a lot of it digital. Yeah. So, I get it. Definitely. So, do you have any other projects coming up that you're allowed to mention at the moment? Or are they all hush-hush? They're not hush-hush. I... I'm kind of like... Well, I've got one big commission that I'm working on for a client in New York, which is which will be the biggest painting I've done. Um, so I'm, I'm doing that. And then, um, yeah, looking to hopefully do a show. Yeah, I, I kind of want to take a bit of a break to, tra- to travel and maybe party a little bit this summer. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I know, but they said today about, like, have you seen the things about the five grand for what? fine? For travel. Oh. It's, like, until, like, 30th of June, you can't travel because the third wave yeah. in Europe. So, well, yeah. So, I guess, you it's know, depressing. whenever we can travel, if we can. And, yeah, but or even just to see people and hug people and have a drink in a pub um 
with yeah. friends you know that'll be you know it'd be nice to take a, a little break before I kind of and generally this the summer I guess like art kind of slows down yeah I think it's also important that like, you've already had such a busy yeah. 2021 so far with a solo show with duo show commissions I think it's always important to take breaks from your practice even if it's just I think that's why like the art world's so good that it does slow down in the summer because it gives you that kind of natural summer holiday not to sound like (laughs) schoolish but good to have that space and just switch off from making work yeah I think it's 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 nice um to have a bit of a, a kind of pause and stuff um yeah are you are you gonna take do you take uh time to paint in the summer or do you kind of like stick around yeah well my plan is so I'm starting I'm going back to the team guilds in September for masters so I'm planning on giving up my studio I've applied for a couple of residencies in London so depending if I get one of those will kind of depend when I stop but if I don't get a residency I've kind of said that I'll give up my studio um end of June mid-July to then have like a six-week break just to kind of so I go in quite fresh to my master's I'm not like overthinking works that that I've finished because I think it will be quite a clear end of the series of works that I'm working on because I'm restarting a course restarting an investigation that's amazing so is it fine art the the master's that you're doing that's so exciting do they give you good spaces I'm so excited for they're incredible so it's where I did my undergraduate and they're just the spaces are so good well when I'm there, yeah 100 because George was saying that she had um I think that she she's at school now but she's at RCA, yeah, she's at RCA but she RCA. hasn't been able besides the stretching process that has helped to make those kind mm. of really cool sculptures she hasn't been able to take full advantage of the studio space which is must be infuriating yeah. it must be so hard I feel so sorry for people studying especially masters and like international students mm. the they're paying to have a totally lessons like it's crazy like when I absurd. think about my my masters when I did um art I was yeah they I mean that's kind of what you're paying for right like is the studio space because mm. you yeah. know you have these studio. I don't know. I, I actually don't know a lot about it. About think, like how they're being compensated. Yeah, and uh, then networking. and networking and like seeing and also, well, we I found it really useful like talking to you know other other artists and being like, oh, like how do I do this? And and then you know, ha- and then they'd be like, oh, you know, mix it with this, and everyone's got their own like me- mm. secret medium paint medium as opposed to like talking yeah. to the dead let's see you're just absorbing yeah so much information so you're constantly others. getting information and um yeah I guess people in COVID have lost out on that which is sad yeah it's really sad but I will let you get on with your evening thank, thank you. you so much for joining me and it's been so great to chat more and um I can't see some thank of your you latest so works. much for having thank me you. and I will see you very soon thank you so much for listening to the artist contemporary podcast 
Remember to check out the Artist Contemporary Instagram and to subscribe to the podcast to keep up to date with all the episodes, artists and exhibitions that are posted on the platform.